0: Aloha, and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out-of-this-world conversations with extraordinary people. And today, I am so excited to have Jamie Hearn on, and I'll bring her on in just a moment. First, just a couple of announcements. So if you are watching this on Facebook or YouTube, we would love your comments, your feedback, and please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're listening on the podcast. Thank you. Remember, you can always order my new book, Connection to the Cosmos, Remembering Your Galactic Heritage and Embracing Your Oneness, either on my website at mysticmanta.com in the shop tab or on Amazon. So if you're international, definitely buy it through Amazon, through whatever your region is. My Oracle decks are available. My ET connector spray is available as well. And I have lots of other fun stuff. So um, without further ado, I'm going to bring Jamie on the screen and introduce you all to her. Hello, Jamie. Hi. <laughs> you, I just can't wait to talk to you. But So I'm going to introduce you first because not everyone may know who you are or what you do. So Jamie Hearn is an intuitive oracle and spiritual teacher who is passionate about working with high achieving spiritual women to curate the life of their dreams through accessing the divine feminine, and inner sovereign power that is her birthright. Through her coaching, readings, and retreats, Jamie empowers women to release self-judgment, tap into true clarity of path and purpose, and reconnect to sacred wisdom so they can consciously create the life they are truly worthy of. In addition to hosting the podcast, Witches, Bitches, and Dead People, I love that name, (laughs) and I was guest recently on that, Jamie has a thriving international coaching practice is an Akashic Records expert and teacher, and has been a successful attorney for more than 20 years. Walking with a foot in each world allows Jamie to intentionally and intuitively guide her clients to the ideal strategy for their individual situation with flow, ease, and grace. Beautiful. Okay. I can't wait to get into the transition from attorney to like spiritual woo-woo, but we'll get we'll get there in a moment. <laughs> First question that I have for you is I would love to know what kind of household did you grow up in? Was it spiritual? Was it religious? Something else? So that we can understand this transition. Or or maybe it wasn't a transition. Maybe it was just always there.
1: There was always a presence in my life. Growing up, my parents were not religious and Really not spiritual either. Turns out my dad had a connection with spirit that he just hadn't known what to do with. Mm-hmm. But my mom is like totally turned off. Okay. She gets kicked out of churches. Like that, that's <laughs> just her vibe. I, I can remember being fought fi- I was baptized when I was five in a Methodist church because my grandma was staunch Methodist. Okay. And I mean, do those two things go together? If that exists, that's what she <laughs> is. And my godmother was a lesbian and my godfather was a biker. So you can imagine the array of personalities that attended that event. And that kind of just summed up my spiritual and religious exposure as a childhood, as a child. I mean, I, I saw lots of things. and. I thought every kid had a family that lived in the junk room at the end of the hall that like not everybody talked to. I didn't realize that was a unique experience for me. Really, I think there are more families living in the junk room than people are willing to admit, but mm-hmm. it was just normal to me.
0: So were you able to see them or hear them or how did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me.
1: The little girl was my best friend. Her name was Amy. She had a Southern drawl. We would play all the time. I'd tell my mom about them. The dog would go in and play with me. And, and then, like, the dog was fully aware. Mm-hmm. And my mother was not that receptive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So if you're saying, okay, my best friend Amy, you know, what, what, how would your mom actually, what would she do? Well,
1: she would just refer to Amy as my imaginary friend and like kind of write off the the tales i was telling her as though i had an overactive imagination which i think is fairly typical for parents who aren't comfortable with their kids having a connection to spirit yeah. even though so many kids do
0: right they do i mean what i understand is they're open till about age 7 or 8 is that unless they get to stay open
1: right or, you know, like, things can happen earlier, I'm sure that can stem that connection. And honestly, I don't know how I made it out of childhood still being open.
0: Okay, so I, I've had other guests on where it did get shut down for a while. And then they had to, like, re, um, it had to reemerge. And so for you, you, you've just always been on.
1: I have. And for a lot of years, I didn't know what to do with it. When I was a teenager, that was tumultuous to start with, let alone Mm -hmm. seeing all of these images and messages that I was like, what do you mean not everybody sees this? Really? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I managed it, but it wasn't until my mid to late 20s that I made a conscious decision to reconnect with spirit and discern what I was supposed to do with it. And that was because I had a kid who was starting to communicate with me the things he was seeing. Okay. And I thought, well, if I wasn't willing to do it for myself, I'm willing to do it for him.
0: Yep. I've said those words before, but for a different reason. (laughs) So, okay. Well, so as a teenager, then you're experiencing things. Were they like deceased people were they spirits were they angels like what what do you think you were seeing or what do you know you were experiencing
1: I was getting a lot of message from from crossover loved ones um, I, I wasn't able to articulate what it was at the time mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I was a little older that I was willing to allow the label medium to be applied to me okay um, and now it, it's just a label like In my experience here, I consider all messages from spirit to be a viable means of communication. Uh, But I I do communicate with crossover loved ones and other people's loved ones. Mm -hmm. But I was also getting relevant information and bleed throughs from Akashic Records information. I definitely didn't have a name for that at the time. It wasn't until probably my early thirties that I sat in on a class that someone was teaching and she talked about the Akashic records. And I was like, seriously, this has a name. I've been experiencing this for decades.
0: Okay. So for those who aren't familiar with what that is or how that works, please um, share from your experience. Absolutely. Um, like, Like, first of all, what you were getting before you can name it and then like what, what a practitioner does.
1: So one experience I had that what really stood out in my mind was when I was 16, I was in France near Paris in Orléans, mm-hmm. and I was there for a singing event. We were singing for the 50th commemoration of D-Day. Okay. And when we walked into the cathedral in Orléans, they have folding chairs. So I saw myself sitting in one of these chairs participating in a latin mass i don't know latin i'm not even catholic and i was watching myself like singing the hymns and saying and all the prayers but i was dressed in a really weird burlap type cloak and i was like all right i understand that Sometimes people have a break with reality in teenage years could be a time that that happens. So I left the cathedral and I ended up wandering around this town knowing where everything was. It was very familiar to me. Mm. Then I met a little girl in the park who knew me.
0: Okay. Oh, seriously?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And she came up to me and I could speak about three-year-old French. So we communicated pretty well. And she said, Mama's been waiting for you. Where have you been? And I was like, for me? Nah, (laughs) you're confused. So she took me back to her mom, who was extremely startled to see me. So I never had a conversation with the mom to know what the connection was. But there was something about seeing me that really rattled the mom. Okay. And the little girl was like, of course I know you. Where have you been? So I- I'm guessing that I strongly resembled someone that was lost in their lives. Okay. Um, so that was one vision I had into a past life that yeah. I have had. And so I have, I
0: have a real quick question about that. So oh, when you're yeah. yourself sitting in the cathedral... Did it, did it, was it you like your face so that you knew it was you or did you look different?
1: It was more like I knew it was me and it didn't necessarily look exactly like me. Okay. And that's often how things come through. So in the records, there's this one technique called the plurality of existence. That's super cool because when you call in, All of the various depictions of your soul that had a particular experience that you're looking to find a theme within, you get to see how you've shown up in various lifetimes and they're, they're, they're very different, drastically different. So that's a really cool way to kind of take inventory of all the different things and ways you've shown up.
0: Okay. Okay. So then when you're taking the class, you know, years later, then um, did you learn, like you were already tapped in doing it. So were you learning it at a deeper level or just was it validating that you already knew what you were doing or?
1: That particular class validated what I was experiencing. It didn't necessarily give me a framework to intentionally connect. Okay. So then over the next few years, I took various classes to learn how other people intentionally connected with the records. And I've created my own process from that which everyone else offers because everybody's vibration is different. So what works for one person isn't necessarily gonna work the same for another. Right. And that's, that's how the records are locked, so to speak. They're solely based on vibration. So if I go to the records to access your record, Mm -hmm. I can't unless you have given me permission because my vibration is different than yours.
0: Okay. So like how quickly can you access the records if someone's like, yep. Like if I were to say, Jamie, you have permission, you have access. (laughs) It's
1: it's pretty spontaneous. spontaneous.
0: Okay. Pretty spontaneous. Okay. And so, you know, we have the, all these earth, lives potentially that people have lived and then we have non-earth lives. So are you with with how you work with people have you been able to see into those non-earth lives or is it really just earth level?
1: Yeah, I see all sorts of incarnations. Um elemental beings, ETs, earth lives, like yeah, they they all show up. It really depends on what the person needs to know, what shows up. Because the records are governed by record keepers who are existing only for the elevation of society through the information that's available in the records, which is unlimited. We can access anything that serves us from a really high perspective so we don't get stuck in the mud of the trauma that these incarnations have. But we can extract the lessons and the learnings and see what path serves us best.
0: Okay. So, you know, so one of the, my modalities is regression therapy, right? Where I can have people regressed and they can experience their lives. So with the work that you do, you're accessing someone else's records. Or yes. are they or are they seeing their own records as well?
1: Sometimes people do have A peek into their records, but generally I'm the one accessing the records. I love teaching people how to access their own records though, because it's a really valuable tool to have. Mm -hmm. And I'm not always going to be accessible to you to decide which path is best. Right. So it's empowering to learn how to do it yourself and be able to navigate things that come up as they come up.
0: Okay. So what what kind of person would come to you? Why why would they come to you to do this? What benefits can we get from it? So people, I'm so curious because again, even though I do regression <laughs> work, I I'm like, ooh, I want to have a reading, <laughs> I want, and I want to learn how to do it too. <laughs>
1: so so people usually come to me when they're on the verge of an up level, and they've recognized that the vibration and the themes that they've been existing in are no longer serving them but they're not really sure how to move through to the next level there's a block or a contract or something holding them back and they often can't articulate that they can say this is what i'm experiencing this is where i want to go and there's a disconnect also people come to me when they're bumping up against resistance that they may know about but don't know how to navigate one of my very close friends when I first met her we were at a retreat together and she's also a reader so we were like just chatting we're like oh let's exchange readings yeah and I said to her your guides just keep talking about a shamanic journey and she got upset and she laughed like she left the room Okay. so later I said to her, what happened? Why did you leave? And she said, because you articulated exactly what I haven't been willing to face myself. She was being called to go to Peru. But all of these other fears were coming up like, oh, what if I get yellow fever? What if I don't have any money? What if I don't have a job and I come back like all the human stuff? Mm -hmm. But accessing her records gave her a straight shot right to the heart of the issue and said, Shamanic journey, let's go. Stop messing around.
0: (laughs) Okay, excellent. Can you give us a couple more, um, I guess, examples or stories of clients?
1: Yeah. um, One of my clients, she is a health coach. And she came to me and she said, I'm getting really tired of teaching people. So we went into her records to see what the next logical step was what the most exalted step available to her would be and the records clearly led her to start teaching coaches so she could replicate her influence instead of just however many clients she was seeing a day she started holding seminars to teach coaches who were then able to share her wisdom with thousands of people so that one session gave her really powerful insight into what the next step in her career was Mm -hmm. we also found out why she was fascinated with newfoundland but (laughs) (laughs) it was really unrelated to the to the career path guidance but the records do give you some cool information like that why certain areas or or periods in history are really compelling to us Mm -hmm. it's because we have a connection to them so they give us some insight into that
0: yeah i've i've experienced that myself in terms of um yeah being really like obsessed with australia my entire life obsessed (laughs) i every and it was it was the land it it was definitely not the white colonizers you know definitely not that and so, in you know, what I have come to understand, and I was I just love the animals there and, and all of that. And everything I did in school, if I could do it about Australia, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and my first husband was Australian. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool, cool, cool <laughs> not cool. But, okay, but I like later, or you know, more recently, than I realized like, okay, I, I got to experience an Aboriginal life, um, a long time ago and, being know, walkabout and, and, and also the, the Aborigines, I have this amazing connection, you know, with the galactic realm. And so, and my guide gave me, you know, my Arcturian, he gave me the name Uluru, which is the very sacred monolithic rock, you know, in North yeah. Australia. And so all of these pieces coming together of like, okay, yes, there's significance there.
1: Yeah, so. there is. And sometimes it's hard for us to get to those details by ourselves because we're emotionally attached to the outcome. So when I go into the records for someone, I'm not emotionally attached to their outcome. <laughs> it's yes. far more clean in and out.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Well, and that's, I, yeah, like you said, I think a lot of people, um, they would be curious about it, but it really, there are some major benefits
1: Right. finding those
0: patterns or like what's, what's stopping you.
1: And that's one thing that differentiates me from other readers. I am not necessarily the reader you want to go to. If you want to just out of curiosity, be like, have I ever lived in Rome? Have I ever lived in Greece? I want to go into the records to find useful, meaningful guidance that is going to help your soul to move forward on the path and purpose you have in this incarnation. The curiosity is great, but in reality, I don't have time for that. Like I wanna I want to affect change and healing and help people create what they want to experience. Yes.
0: Yes. And that is why you and I, we are very much in alignment.
1: (laughs) I'm also really bad at small talk.
0: (laughs) So, okay. There's a question that I have that just popped into my mind that, um, so I've, you know, for the last few years, I've been reading um, a lot of Dolores Cannon's work. Mm And I am not a QHHT practitioner, but I have friends that are. And so the way that I do regression is different, a little bit different than that. But some of the information that Dolores has gotten over the 30, 40 years of doing that work from people, from their higher self, from source, wherever that information really is coming from, is that some people who have memories of other lives, it's been imprinted as opposed to them actually living it like their walk-ins into, or not, not necessarily walk-ins, but they're like new maybe to earth, newer to earth. And so they get these massive downloads on these lives. And so that's how sometimes multiple people can be Cleopatra, for instance. Right. Cause, oh, well I was Cleopatra. Well, no, I was Cleopatra. <laughs> I yeah. was not Cleopatra. I, I am not claiming that one. But, Me either. Um, Yeah. But I'm just curious what your experience with that kind of idea is, because I've been playing with that. Like that's a really interesting concept.
1: It is a really interesting concept. And it's interesting. You mentioned Cleopatra because we have in our local geographic area, a reader who tells everyone you were Cleopatra in a past life. (laughs) So there are a lot of Cleopatras running around. (laughs) Um, but I I also have consumed a lot of Dolores Cannon's content, mm-hmm. and some of her content is like it's speaking directly to me. It's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I li- I listen to the audio books because that's just how I digest it most effectively. But the idea of imprinting the experience versus actually living the experience is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Because there's such transformational value in some of the life lives that are referenced in those circumstances. It's important to to have what I see as like a net of lights of representations of that energy globally. Mm -hmm. Um, and throughout the universe, really. Yeah. So because that soul didn't necessarily participate as Cleopatra, but had some tangential reference, they're taking the energy and spreading it throughout the globe or the universe. Mm -hmm. When I go into the records, I don't normally experience things like that. The record is keyed specifically to the soul's incarnations. So we generally only see things that relate to the soul. But it could be relating to the society that the soul existed in. Hmm. So I recently had someone who asked me about their connection to Rasputin. Now, okay. the, guy, the guy looks just like Rasputin. Like, it's weird. Yeah and he said to me is this a coincidence there are no coincidences <laughs> and when i went into his records he had a familial connection so he was off to trace his his genealogy to see where this connection possibly could lie mm-hmm. and it, it, the energy flows through all of those threads that exist. So it's a pretty cool experience to to view from a high level.
0: Okay. So like so many different thoughts coming in I'm just trying to figure out okay where do I want to go from this? So um, okay, so if we're if you're in the records and okay, forget the earth ones, then are you seeing, lives in these higher dimensional realities? And like, I guess how, how close to source are you seeing the records? So all, all one, ultimately, right?
1: Yeah. Um, so I actually use theta healing when I'm inside the records. So I get to take that soul back to source inside the theta healing session inside the records so it's it's kind of multi-layered um so i get to experience and witness that reunion of this soul fragment with their source so that's really empowering but to answer your question i i see varieties of representations of that soul sometimes they're coming in from a, a lifetime in a galactic war where they're they're wanting to share the knowledge of why that war started and mm-hmm. how the soul can heal from having exposure to that trauma yeah. or why they've come into this earth incarnation from a galactic incarnation. And the knowledge that they are here to impart to humanity so i mean some of it's really a challenge to absorb depending on how evolved and open the person i'm reading for is okay and there there have been times that i'm like i can't say that to this person okay and
0: i was curious about that because i'm yeah i'm sure you you see, see and hear and know a lot of things about people and you're like, oh, they're not ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, and sometimes those messages are for me. Okay. So there's something I needed from that. And it was just needing that person to come in to allow me to tap into that energy so I can absorb that message and utilize that information going forward.
0: Yeah, I well, I love that because every time I do any sessions with any of my clients, I always get information right. <laughs> and, and healing and all the other things yeah. that, that were there to do. So it just, it feeds me rather than drains me. Yeah. yeah. So w- if someone is working with you, do they typically just come for like a one session or do they come for multiple or does it depend on what they're looking for?
1: It really depends. I generally, prefer not to do single sessions because it takes more than 45 minutes or or however long we're together to really affect mm-hmm. the creation of the life that the person is looking for mm-hmm. but sometimes one session gets you there right. yeah. i mean it really is a unique mix of what the person is coming to the table with how open they are and where we want to go.
0: Okay. Cause I do have someone asking on here, how much does the, do the sessions cost? And so <laughs> I'm sure it depends. You have some probably different pricing structures. for Yeah.
1: That.
0: Of depending. Yeah. So do you want to go into that or just like check out your website?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I honestly don't know even like my website is great cause it's got, some cool content and it gets you to me and i don't actively keep up with it because i'm far more interested in doing work with clients than doing work on my website i get Um, it yeah so typically i do one session for 97 and that's usually about 45 minutes and Mm -hmm. then i offer three a three pack I guess is the best way to 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 describe that for one ninety seven. So okay. it's it, it, it's a far better deal to do three.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, sign me up, Jamie. Sign me up. <laughs> Done. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> again, even though I I help people do some of this, I you know I just love learning more about myself too and getting over of my and yeah all of all of that. and whatever might be holding me back to my next like greatest thing
1: right and it's interesting to see the things that other people are missing because I mean they're in it
0: yeah (laughs) exactly exactly we often have a hard time seeing things for ourselves right so okay so then do you do psychic mediumship as well as a service or more just the the akashic records
1: I do Okay. And interestingly, it's often indistinguishable. Okay. Because once we go into the records, loved ones come through, and normally you can't tell them, sorry, we're not doing mediumship today. They're not interested. They're here and we have a message. Yeah. I was actually driving through our town. I live in a very small town.
0: Tell people where you live, just geographically. So that
1: in Northeastern Pennsylvania. So we're like, 200 miles from New York City and an entire world away from New York City. We have two stoplights. I mean, we've really moved up in, in the time that I've lived here. I, I've actually lived here the majority of my of my life. I grew up here, moved to New York City, okay. and then moved home. <laughs> um, but I was driving through town, mm-hmm. and I went through the, the one stoplight in the center of town. Mm-hmm. And one of my neighbors popped into my car. She's been gone for a couple of years. Her daughter, her granddaughter, excuse me, lives right in the middle of town. And okay. she had a message for the granddaughter that she was not getting out of my car until I called the granddaughter. <laughs> so sometimes they just won't take no for an answer.
0: Okay. I thought that is really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's so what's really interesting in terms of mediumship sessions that I've had. I don't I don't really have dead people or deceased loved ones come through um, them. The only like human one that really ever comes through is my husband's mother who passed away when he was 23. And I never met her. Interesting, But she comes all the time. She's always around us. Yeah. And <laughs> she always has messages that she needs to share, which, I mean, it's really cool. Because I feel like I've gotten to know her, even though she's not here, you know, physically.
1: Right. And I'm sure it's healing for your husband to hear those messages, too.
0: Yeah. It took him a while to believe it. Because he'd be like, yeah, right. <laughs> But even she came to him in a journey that I led him on a few years ago. And he gave, uh, she gave him a gift of this crystal owl. Oh, and um, so when he came out and he was describing this gift and I'm like, and it's a Swarovski, I can't say that word very well. <laughs> But you know, those crystals, she used to work at one of those stores. And so when he was a teenager, she bought him one of these owls. Oh and so she was so in the journey she was giving him this crystal owl which he never appreciated as a teenager he was like right. why why are you giving me a crystal owl and so she in <laughs> the journey gave him the owl and then it was right before christmas and so I was like oh i'm going to i'm going to get him a crystal owl to remind him of his mother in this journey well, so again, I didn't know which owl it was. They had many choices when I went on Amazon and I'm like, "Okay, Anita, need your help. You need to pick the right owl for me." And she picked the one or like the one that I ended up with is not the one I would have ever chosen. Right. It was like the most boring of all the crystal owls <laughs> that existed. But when he opened it, so he opened it, he's he was like, "Oh my god, that's the owl." Awesome. It sits up um yeah above his his little desk area. So anyway, it's just it's interesting how because one of the when I came on your podcast, one of the questions that you have as a questionnaire was who's your favorite dead person? Right? And I put her, she was my answer because (laughs) she's just so funny.
1: (laughs) That's awesome though.
0: (laughs) So anyway, um, okay. So I, I'm also super curious, how do you go and do you, are you still a practicing attorney? I am. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, and I'm formerly like academia, right? But how do you bridge being an attorney with this spiritual work that you do? Because for a lot of people, they'd be like, those do not go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, I try to keep them completely separate energetically. So certain days of the week are devoted to certain business practices. I have been in a position where I've had to go back and forth between the two. And it's difficult because once you get entrenched in one vibration, it's challenging to transition. I do a lot of probate work, however, and this is a really useful tool. I had one family I had done work for the dad for a few years before he passed Mm -hmm. and he warned me my girls are going to be a handful when I'm gone and I thought ah he's just being dramatic oh no he (laughs) he understated the situation (laughs) so we had finally gotten everything to resolution and one sister said I'm not signing So he whispers in my ear, tell her this. It was about something she did when she was 16 with one of the other girl's boyfriends that nobody knew about. Okay. So I brought this to everyone's attention at the table. She said, how did you know that? Where do I sign? I can't get out of here fast enough. And I was like, thank you.
0: (laughs) That's a funny story. That was, it was like the best. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, so that definitely can come in handy with that kind of work. So do you have any other stories similar to that? Or is that?
1: I've had lots of clients come in with their loved ones with them, and they don't know the loved ones are with them. And often I don't call it to their attention. But there are certain instances where the loved ones are like, Oh, I need you to tell them this. So I've told them and it normally ends in someone sobbing at my conference room table. (laughs) And I no longer am emotionally affected by it. It it used to be that I would be wanting to cry too. And now I'm just like, okay, everyone's healing. Good day.
0: Okay, right. Well, I mean, so it sounds like at least some of your clients are open to you sharing these messages, even yeah. if it's for the the legal side of things instead of like, Hey, let's do a Akashic records.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have one client who comes in occasionally her son passed in a car accident. So I helped her with the estate and <laughs> she came in one day and I kept hearing this song, shut up and dance. And I was like, yeah. I don't know where this is coming from, but this is, this, I can't get this out of my head. And she immediately started laughing. And I was like, you know, what's the relevance? Mm -hmm. Apparently she had been invoking him, like calling him in and they were dancing in his, in her living room that morning. And she's like, that's just Billy telling me that he was with me. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i love it (laughs) oh my goodness okay so i would love to know um, if you so i know you've had some connection with some different et groups um and so i would love for you to share whatever you're open to sharing about that
1: i've got lots of them um one funny one, I was in Sedona with a friend of mine, and we were hosting a retreat. I love hosting retreats, but I normally like to feel like I'm in control when I'm hosting. Yeah, I was not. <laughs> I, I tried to go to bed. And for anybody who's been to Sedona, it's a different energy. It's You can really feel a vibe there if you're sensitive to things like that. So I was having a hard time falling asleep and all of a sudden I was aware of three energies right outside the room I was sleeping in. So I had no fear. So I I knew it was okay. Yeah. So out of curiosity, I crept over to the door and looked out and there were three fuzzy like images. And I knew right away that they were ETs, I had no idea what they were doing or like what the message was or why they were there. And they went into my friend's room who was co hosting with me. Mm -hmm. So the next morning, I was like, Did you have alien visitors and you didn't invite me in? What? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to wake you. (laughs) So she was there. Oh, yeah, totally. I was so put out that she didn't invite me. Like, that could have been a good time. So that was the first time that I saw something and had a knowing of what it was. After that, I have had my own experiences where I have been visited by Arcturians and shown the law of one and received downloads about the understanding of how we all are integrated in one. Um, I've also had visual and auditory events that the same friend has had two thousand miles away from where I am, and she's like, "Oh, it was just the aliens saying hello." <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's kind of interesting to see how it, their their teachings are reinforced by her being 2000 miles away, having the same experience I am here Mm -hmm. all at the same moment. And I told her, I said at two 15 this morning, and she goes, Oh, it was one 15 here. And I was like, you're central time. I'm Eastern time. That's the same time. time. (laughs) So they, they show firsthand, like what they're teaching me is real. So that's really cool.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, and it, what you're saying about the Arcturians, that's the group that I most closely connect with. And and yeah, their, their message that they just keep sharing um, to me and through me is we are all one. We need to remember we are all one. There is no separation. And we just have to get over our judgment of other people because we're just judging ourselves. Yeah. Ultimately. So... And recently you did a little galactic journey with me. I did. It was
1: awesome.
0: And so you want to share any insights or ahas? Because I don't want to divulge whatever you're not you know, willing to. And I, I've got my notes, but you're the one that
1: experienced it. So, um, So the message that I walked away from that with was about nurturing myself and self-love and where that leads me. So it's really kind of led me on a pretty wild path over the last few weeks of self-discovery and healing and releasing and acknowledging shadows that I didn't want to even pretend I I knew. Um, So I have had a range of emotions. I've had a range of awarenesses. I was telling you one morning, I I texted my friend and I was like, okay, I have bawled, raged and bawled again. And it's almost nine o'clock. I think it'll be a good day. Like it's, (laughs) it's been a really intense journey and it's making me aware of the choices I need to make to support my continued growth and yes. releasing the things that aren't supportive of that, which isn't really easy sometimes. Because if it's like a key relationship that you know you have to release, but your human doesn't want to release it, that's challenging.
0: Oh, it is, it is. I have been there many times actually, <laughs> with, with boyfriends, husbands, and friendships. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But releasing them was a beautiful thing in the end. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's worth it. (laughs) But it's still hard to convince your human of that in the moment.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, so, um, okay. So you can work with people all over them, right? But the work that you do, they don't have to be physically in your office. Right. Okay, so do you connect with them over Zoom or how do you meet with them?
1: I do normally use Zoom. Um, I actually prefer to use Zoom because it gives me a cleaner connection to their energy because sometimes people have a really frenzied vibration around them with whatever's going on in their world. And my connection is actually with their guides. So when I'm. Oh, and I can afford myself a little distance from all, all of their stuff that gives me a cleaner connection to the guides.
0: Okay. Um, so I'm curious about the, that you teach people how to access it. So is everybody able to do this or do you already have to be gifted with the Claire's being open?
1: Everyone is able it. Is the the process of cultivating the confidence that you're actually connecting that requires a little bit of practice.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's it's really a fun process to learn how to connect to your own records, and to learn how to ask questions in your records. That's one of the biggest pieces of information that I think people walk away from learning the process. Mm-hmm. Because people ask such disempowering questions like, why does everyone hate me? Why can't I ever find a boyfriend? Instead of asking questions from a more empowering perspective by asking things like, what am I doing to call in people who don't like me? Or or what is blocking me from engaging in in a romantic relationship? So that process alone yeah. gives people insight into who they are, based on how they're asking questions and what they need to heal.
0: Yeah, actually, that's a really, really good point because um, you know, people. There are some people that are in the category of like they they do not understand that they are creating their reality, yeah, and the people in their reality. <laughs> And then there are others that are aware, but they're like, but why does this keep happening to me? Right. <laughs> even though they are aware that they're creating it. Okay. What, how am I creating this? <laughs> so great. Um, so do you do that in ter- in classes or one-on-one?
1: Yep. Or- I normally teach classes. I teach them a couple of times a year. Um, I also have done them one-on-one, but I find it more valuable in a class setting because the vibration of the group as a whole rises yes. the con- the level of consciousness for everyone. So yes. that's the most useful setting to do that. Mm-hmm. And the, the first class is a two-day intensive. They're long days, but you leave that class with the ability to connect to your records, the ability to interact with your guides inside mm-hmm. the records, and the knowledge of how to navigate questions and creation inside the records. I also normally do a little bit of inner child work in that weekend too, because that's a really significant wound a lot of people have.
0: Yes, I I would concur with that. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've got to experience my own inner child and working on the healing. And I think there's always more to do. And then, you know, with my own children, even though, you know, I've tried to be the best mother that I can, I don't have control over every aspect of their lives. Right. There is wounding that either I caused or their fathers caused or, you know, other people. And so, yeah, so that's really important work.
1: And the other piece of that is that We do the best we can coming from a wounded perspective ourselves and their journey is their journey. So they need to experience certain things because that's what they've endeavored to do.
0: Right. I know. And that's really hard to tell your teenage daughter. Uh Uh-huh. Like that, this and this. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, "I I love you. I love you. And I'm thinking you created, you chose me. And he
1: told
0: your dad, right?
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, he hard lessons in this life. So my son is seventeen. I won't do readings for anyone who is not eighteen. Okay. Good to know. Being a teenager is challenging. We don't need to really stir that pot anymore, so I choose not to. And he came to me, I'm at, like, making breakfast in the kitchen. He came to me and he goes, so ma, did I kill you or you kill me? And I said, which time? <laughs> <laughs> so he's having snippets into you know, like his own records and seeing how those intersect with mine. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually had a death door opportunity when I had him. And I was like, absolutely not. He and I are resolving some stuff in this lifetime. We've gone around enough that we've got things that need to be worked out now. He was a Catholic cardinal. He had chosen to move up through the ranks in the Catholic church for the power. And he, bur- he ordered our village burned knowing that i was the high priestess in the village and that i would be killed oh wow and that's the lifetime he saw so he didn't put it all together mm-hmm. but he knew i was the priestess he was in the the church and the village burned like so now that he's starting to see how it all fits together he's like i got to go into these records this is so interesting
0: yes
1: but okay. it's And it's given him the perspective in this lifetime to make choices in order to elevate his best, his highest and best instead of seeking power. So he's able to use that information to affect his life here and create a better experience for himself.
0: Beautiful. Okay, well, and I, I'm like, I want to send my daughter to you, but she's not 18 yet. <laughs> I just I mean, yes. If all if if everyone had the knowledge and understanding of how we all come into each other's lives to play different roles for each other, I think people would um have a lot more compassion and understanding and forgiveness. Yeah. yeah. For the situations.
1: Absolutely.
0: Even though like it's, it can be really challenging. And even though, even if you know that information, it can still be really challenging. Yes. no human level to, to forgive. Yes. Any advice on that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I like to meet my higher self for coffee. So I often will tell clients to do that. If you're working through something with another person, inviting their higher self into your awareness and your conscious field allows you to connect with them beyond all of the human trudgery and allows you to see the essence of who they are, which makes it easier to invite in forgiveness on the human level. That takes practice though.
0: It does. Yeah. And um, again, some people are ready to go beyond the ego and other people are not quite ready yet and it's okay.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Wherever they are on the journey. Yep. Yeah. We have, we have someone on here saying, I know I chose my parents, but I think I made a mistake.
1: Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. The return window has expired. Right?
0: <laughs> no, refunds. <laughs> no refunds allowed. <laughs> So, yeah, Okay, so what would you say to someone saying that? Because I mean, like, there are no mistakes, really. Right. We may feel that way, again, from our human. Right.
1: And it's usually our wounded human that feels that way. So yeah. I would pick one parent to start with and start digging into where that is coming from. And I did not have a great incarnation with my dad in this lifetime. It was tumultuous and angry and we fought a lot and we were very much alike. It wasn't until he passed that I was really able to work through some of that healing because his humanity wasn't in the way then. it was soul to soul. So even if your, your parent hasn't passed and they're still like stuck in in the the mud of being a human, Mm -hmm. you can still connect with them soul to soul and affect that healing for yourself. But it takes isolating one single parent and working through the issues and looking at them in the mirror, then work with the other parent. But if you try to take on both parents at the same time, it's too overwhelming for everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Well, and I in my book, Sacred Soul Love, I, I talked about you know, healing the ancestral bloodline of my mom's side of the family because of like repeated heart issues and mm-hmm. a really weird pattern of heart attacks at age sixty five and resulting that my granddaddy, my uncle, and my aunt, and my mother.
1: Mm.
0: And and so my cousin and I were like, Oh my God, we're gonna do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so well and I um, you know, need None of us are close to 65 yet. I'm the oldest of the cousins. And so I, I will be 50 in less than a week. And so I'm like, okay. I got-
1: Happy birthday.
0: <laughs> but And so then my dad was calling me a few days ago. And he's like, you know, there, there's heart issues on my side too. I think you need to work on those. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, dad.
1: I love it.
0: So you're right like okay i worked on that mom's side now okay let's focus on that dad <laughs> so when he he actively listens to the show watches the show so dad if you're listening hi <laughs> that one's for you <laughs> so anyway um god so much more to talk about but we're running out of time do you, okay, so before we give all your information, do you have any other like, words of wisdom that you want to share with the audience or, or something that's been really profound in your life for doing this work?
1: I think the most important thing that people can take away from this conversation is that they have access to their own sovereign power within themselves and their energy, and they don't have to give that power away to anyone by saying, can you fix this for me? If you need help, perfect. It, the, the The thing that people need to look for is, can you help me to heal or address or or affect whatever change I'm looking to? Don't look for someone else to do the work. It won't be effective.
0: Yeah beautiful When well, and, and just to recap, Kathy's asking sessions are three for 197. Yes. 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 Kathy sign up, <laughs> contact Jamie. So, and on that note, how do people find you? How can so, they yeah.
1: you can find me on social media, Jamie Hearn or um, live your divinity with Jamie Hearn. And I also can be contacted on my website, jamiehearn.com.
0: Okay. And for those listening and not watching to see the name it's j-a-m-i and then her is h-e-a-r-n
1: right. thanks mom for spelling yeah. my name like that
0: yeah there, yeah, there are too, too many ways to spell jamie i know yeah so <laughs> want to make sure people can find you okay and Kathy's <laughs> like that's a deal Okay. Well, Jamie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on. And I just I had a great time. And I will be scheduling with you for real. So fantastic.
1: Thank you for having me. It was great spending some time with you.
0: Yeah. And thank you for having me on your podcast. So yeah, check out Jamie's podcast, witches, bitches and dead people.
1: It was so fun.
0: (laughs) It was well, I just, again, I love the title of that. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> so, okay, well, everyone, thank you so much for being with us today and for watching, for listening. And I'll see you next time on Connection to the Cosmos. Aloha. Bye.